dig this. First 125, Moro here from Grundle. Kingsley turns that five sideways. Brian, the gate is down. This is a sharp left-hander. Who's going to shot? Looks like Darcy Lange on that Richmond Gallon Kawasaki gets the jump. That's where it all started. Big MX Radio, brought to you by Meta, is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. Fly Racing, Bills Pipes, W Wheels, Motul MX, X-Brand Goggles, Moto Ice Wrap, and Moto Stuff make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. Welcome to the Arma Energy Drink Big MX Radio Podcast, brought to you by Fly Racing, X-Brand Goggles, and Meta. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With us on the line, we've got X Game gold medalist, Matt Byton. Matt, how's it going? Everything's good, man. How about you? Hey, not too bad. Other than the inch of snow that got dumped on us last night, all things are good. And as far as this podcast goes, uh, all systems go. Proud to uh, to have my first X Games gold medalist uh, on the line with me. Hi, thanks for having me. I appreciate you giving me some time, and uh, but you're in the midst of, I guess, dude. Like this is like today's Good Friday, so it's the beginning of uh, what would become a, a pretty busy weekend for you. Um, clue the uh, the fans in on exactly what you're planning on tackling uh, going going into this weekend. Yeah, I got my hands full. Uh, the two stroke nationals going on at Glen Helen, so uh, went there today and kind of fine tuned the bike the best we could get the suspension dialed in more and then uh yeah tomorrow will be uh showing up in the morning and uh get my first practice on and then uh, yeah so i'm racing the 30 expert class and then doing a freestyle demo as well so yeah gonna show up do the first practice and then do my first show at nine o'clock and do my first moto and then uh do my uh second freestyle show and then do the second moto and then do the third freestyle show and then I'm probably going to sleep pretty good tomorrow night. No kidding. Um, most would not give uh, freestyle guys uh, uh, credit for a lot of hustle, but uh, regardless of, of what your, uh, your your flavor is as far as two wheels go, uh, that is uh, the definition of hustling on two wheels, two strokes, four strokes, flips, races, practices, you name it. It all uh, equals to uh, to you having uh, some sweet dreams and probably an early night to bed uh, on, on Saturday night. Yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, Yamaha two-stroke and a Honda 450 and yeah. whole shots and backflips. <laughs> whole sh- whole shots and backflips. Now, uh, I have no doubt to think that uh, before you uh, started doing backflips and all the uh, different variations of the tricks you can do, uh, there was a an illustrious amateur career that was budding uh, as, a, as a rider, racer. Uh, were you known for your starts back in the day? Uh, not really. I was, uh, you know, I never, never was fortunate enough to have... Uh, a real big racing opportunity so i was just uh racing local when i could and what my dad could afford and buying used used parts and used tires and whatever i could to like scrounging gear or whatever i could off uh, my buddies there up in northern nevada and just uh yeah you know i mean it is it is what it is and uh it's kind of i think that's what kind of keeps me hungry that i why i want to race now today 
No doubt. Keep that hunger, and uh, by all and large, if you ever do follow Matt Byton on on uh, social media, especially Instagram at Matt Byton, uh, it's uh, it's it's clear that not only are you uh, extremely skilled at what you do, you love what you do. You make being a uh, professional freestyle rider look like uh, a cool job to have. Yeah, you know, I, I love it, you know, and, you know, I, I know a lot of people are really concerned about what they post, man, but I'm more, like, I just be myself, and, you know, I mean, all the other writers are, too, I'm not hating on them, but, yeah, I just like to just have fun and thrash around with my buddies and get awesome and uh, whatever it takes, man, just to, just love, just love to live and love to ride, man. Speaking of getting awesome, uh, turn the clocks back 24 hours. Uh, I get on the phone with a guy I'd never spoken to before. That would be you. Sunglasses are installed, and uh, you're heading uh, back from, uh, from from some fun and excitement in Las Vegas. Clue us in on uh, on exactly what went down. Uh, there was a jump show. There was uh, some, some fans going wild for the things that you do on two wheels. And then, of course, Mike Mason steps in, and uh, I have no doubt that there was Bud Lights. And whatever else ensues with uh, a, a fun night with uh, with those guys. So uh, what uh, what all got thrown down? Yeah, um, uh, so we did a, a demo for uh, Adobe Software. So they had their their summit for all their people. So yeah, I mean they they went big, man. They they organized it. It was an awesome event. They had a they had everything like they had Weezer playing, us jumping, and then. You know, I mean, I was like Nate Adams, Adam Jones, Mason, Miller, uh, Derek Garland, and myself. So they had a had a pretty good uh, mean lineup of some vets, and uh, and then over there on the half pipe, they had like Pierre Luke and uh, Jimmy Bestwick on the vert ramp, and you know a bunch of other guys. So they definitely had some talent in the house, and then yeah, you know, open bars and um, uh, like they had some rat rods and some old cars hanging out. And then a bunch of food stands, like, which is epic food. So it was an all-around awesome event. And then they capped it off after Weezer with a, with a cool uh, fireworks show. And then, yeah, we, uh, well, we might have used the free drinks uh, at the bar a little bit. And then, uh, yeah, we just went to a little sports bar in the, um, in, uh, in the link there was where we stayed at, that hotel and casino there. And just kind of like to hang out and have fun. There was such a big group of us, you know, you can, it's, Make good for the whole night, just hanging out with the buddies and stuff and sipping on some Coors Lights. That's awesome. Great atmosphere and good you're able to uh, to take that in. And uh, it takes me back to the moments when uh, I was an aspiring freestyle skier back in the day and nothing was better than putting on a show with uh, with my friends and the teammates that I had. And uh, it, it's just a good vibe to like to be riding with people that you shred with during the week and uh, you're, you're feeding off of each other. And then especially like, if it, whether it's a demo or a competition, you always seem to rise to the occasion. Um, who are some of the guys that you really enjoy? enjoy uh throwing down with like uh, i'm sure you get to ride with all kinds of guys throughout the year but if there's a specific list of, of guys that are uh, happen to be on the guest list for uh for freestylers who uh do you kind of uh look at a list and say uh yeah i'm gonna enjoy riding with these guys um yeah you know i mean pretty much my nevada crew that i grew up with you know like we grew up on like 80s and stuff and then i don't know how we did it but there's a like huge group of us that came from uh came from northern Nevada there, you know. I mean, it's Mike Mason, Dustin Miller, Brian Foster, uh, Kenny Bell, Tim O'Brien, Drake McElroy, uh, Nathan Tierney. He's not a freestyler, but he did pretty good in racing or did all right um, as a privateer. So, I mean, there's a huge group. I probably missed a few guys. But, I mean, like Adam Jones ended up moving to our area and Derek Berlue. So, 
we had a solid crew for sure. So definitely love riding with the NVHC boys. But uh, yeah, you know, I like riding. I hang out a lot with Jimmy Fitzpatrick, and then uh, yeah, mostly him or Kenny Bell is like kind of like my main guys. Uh, I got like Anthony Murray and uh, James Carter. Those are some good kids. So pretty much, what that's what I love about freestyles. All the guys are really awesome. You know, we all get along. I think we know how like risky it is like what we do so we just have like a high respect so i mean there's no chip on anybody's shoulders or it seems like that there's that in like racing or other sports you know like so it's cool that we all get along but yeah no i have fun with everyone man i'm a i'm a pretty neutral person you know twitch is fun to ride with uh but i think mason's my number one guy like <laughs> that dude is just so damn funny like he just cracks me up and messes around so like on the nuclear cowboys he was always messing around and making me laugh so he's he's good to ride with no doubt. Always good for a chuckle, and uh, he just definitely keeps it uh, keeps it on the lighter side. Um, so um, as far as uh, these guys, like they all have immense skill and, and immense talent, and, but, but by the names that you just listed off, one of the things that comes to mind for all of those guys is extreme extension on their tricks. All of you guys are uh, accentuating their stuff, so especially I remember back in the day, like Drake McElroy, one of the last guys to to learn how to flip. I don't, I'm not even too sure if like, I keep tapping him now if he's flipping at all, but a guy who is still able to pull like some silvers and bronze medals uh, in the, the mid-2000s when you pretty much had to flip to, to even come close to winning a uh, competition, and he was uh, at the very top of the guys who weren't able to do it just yet, and uh, that's, a, that's a pretty cool accomplishment right there. Yeah, Drake's not flipping, but he is definitely the style master. <laughs> like he's uh, he's got his own style, and he's definitely himself. And you know that's that's what's cool about Drake. You know, and just an awesome all around dude. Fair enough. So uh, obviously why I wanted to get you on the phone is because uh, Chris Elliott over at the uh, Slayton Racing Team sauced over your contact info. Not only did I want to talk to you about freestyle, but it just so happens that you're donning uh, some number plates this weekend and ripping a two-stroke, a Yamaha two-stroke at that. Um, what's, uh, like, uh, first of all, which bike is that? Is, is, the, is it your bike? And uh, how much are you looking forward to uh, mixing gas and hauling ass at Glen Helen this weekend? Yeah, you know, it's, it's always fun to ride the two-strokes. kind of brings you back to the old days where you got to feather the hell out of the clutch and just let it scream, you know, so that's fun. And, uh, and yeah, you know, I got I kept one of my uh, – I was on Yamaha 250 two-strokes uh, before I started uh, riding uh, my new freestyle bikes, which are Honda 450. So uh, I ended up keeping, up, keeping one of my bikes and uh, turned everything back over to moto so I could have a two-stroke to scream. You got to keep a two-stroke around just uh, to, to get get the lead out every once in a while and have some simplicity in the uh, in the garage because uh, not everyone knows how to work on a f- uh, fuel injected four-stroke. Yeah, no, it's good to have the variety for sure. You never know when you're going to need to work on them. So, uh, how did you get the invite for this, or where did the idea come up to to race uh, this race? And uh, um, obviously, uh, you're, you're looking forward to not only putting some good results in yourself, but seeing some of the guys that uh, either you grew up riding with or see at the track uh, week to week. Um, yeah, no, I, I did the uh, two stroke race um, last year, and it was like super fun. And then, uh, so yeah, I just kind of I kept the bike, I never sold it, so I was like, oh, I'll just do it again. So I just like to do it and kind of breaks it up you know from doing shows all the time you get so burnt out and you know i've been around for so long i need to i need the variety you know i don't care if i'm out trail riding or um in in the sand dunes or motoing or doing tricks and stuff you know i just i just love to ride and i like it just breaks it up for me then 
um, I like the competition of racing, you know, I, I try to like, just kind of, I try to be kind of chilled about it so I don't get hurt, but then uh, I end up just getting in the zone and going for it. So it's, it's fun, man. I just love to ride. Who of uh, the better known freestyle guys uh, is uh, is most proficient around the track? All of you guys, or at least a good portion of you guys, grew up racing. Um, but you guys, like, the one thing people don't understand is that a lot, of, especially the old school guys, could show up at your average local track and absolutely wax every uh, most of the guys that are there on a particular day. Uh, who who has underrated speed as a freestyler? Um, probably. I mean. I bet I bet if Mike Mason trained, I bet he can make a night shot of Supercross, even though he says different. But, um, yeah, probably make Mike Mason, you know. I mean, Dustin Miller doesn't mess around either. He can definitely move around the track, and Brian Foster does. Uh, a lot of the Nevada guys. Um, yeah, it doesn't really seem like uh, too many of the new freestyle guys have, like, a really racing background, you know. So it's definitely good but you know i mean like deegan or five thing and those guys those guys can get around the track too pretty good still i'm sure uh i've motored with both of them a few times you know that's pretty fun and can't leave out Toronto. <laughs> no doubt. Well, yeah, I think that guy takes the cake as far as uh motos won championships and uh just all around uh like just being ridiculous on on two wheels like uh just some of the the, the ridiculous things that he can do with a bike is is over the top but uh it's cool to see that um you guys have like i think freestylers just in the last five years or so have kind of gravitated back to kind of showing off or showing a few of the skills that uh that they do have on the track because there was a good portion of time there within the 2000s there where uh two like Freestyle guys, racers were so segregated that, uh, like, you almost um, didn't want to, like, the the racers didn't really want to see how fast you guys were on the track. And uh, for a lot of freestylers, they almost didn't want to acknowledge that there were these uh, all-natural tracks that uh, that could be ridden and and done so in a quick manner. Yeah. Yeah, it's... uh... Yeah, it's pretty good, you know. I mean, you got you just gotta. I think it just helps bike skills, you know. Yeah. Like you gotta, gotta ride, you know. Like you gotta be around track. You can't just go off a ramp, you know. Like, like I, I like to be an all around rider. Like I, I'm not the best out in the hills around the track, but you know, like it definitely. Like I can tell, like after I like go moto or hit Caneville or something, like go hit the hills and like man, I just feel like so solid doing freestyle. Like just all the bike confidence helps, you know. Like trail riding, anything, all that stuff helps you. Like, I think to be a better freestyle rider. Well, where did this all start for you? Like, what, what, what's the kind of like the thing that pushed you over the edge from going from a, uh, uh, a, a kind of a weekend warrior style uh, racer to uh, the point where you started learning new tricks and doing some jump shows and uh, turning this into uh, into a lifelong career? Uh, because, uh, like, you're a guy who was, uh, who was all, all the way back in the, the LBZ over the boot pants days. Yeah, I never ran the LBZs. I definitely have always had the gear gear look. Well, thirty two to one took care of me kind of when I started taking off in freestyle. So that was kind of good. I had baggy shorts. <laughs> but um, <laughs> oh yeah, that was a thing. Yeah, for no, a while. I mean I just I yeah I raced uh, local local races up in northern Nevada and Marysville and like over in Sacramento and stuff, Hangtown and kind of raced in that area just what I could afford and I knew I wasn't going to make it as a racer. Just didn't have the financial background and or like. I guess not really the speed either, but, uh, um, so yeah, I just kind of, I started doing like, like I, I rode BMX a lot, dirt trails and stuff. And I, one day my buddy Dustin Faxon, he did a knack knack and I thought it was like so badass. So I went and just tried it and I did it first try and I was like, shit, 
so then I just started doing like no footer cans and no footers and started doing stuff and you know I like I saw like Dave Mira and like Ryan Nyquist like at a at the Reno races they had a BMX national there an ABA national there and uh, I saw those guys doing like a jump demo and I thought it was just so awesome so then uh, I just kind of kept trying to do tricks and then I brought it over dirt bikes just for fun messing around but then that's kind of also when like Dustin Miller and Drake McElroy jumped into the scene. And then, yeah, I just kind of started doing tricks with them. And uh, and then, uh, like, as they were taking off, and uh, I ended up getting about two or three shows, and I was like, shit. Because I was doing metal roofs and ring gutters and busting tables and doing everything I could to, you know, get it. And uh, then I ended up, like, breaking my left humerus bone in two spots, breaking breaking my jaw real bad, and then br- fractured my spine and compressed two vertebrae. Like, so then I was like, in debt with doctor bills and i was just like shit i called mike mason one day all bummed out and then i called like he's like dude you can't sell your bike like there's no way because i was like gonna sell my bike to so i can pay my bills you know and uh i ended up calling like miller and then he so he miller ended up like loaning me fifteen hundred dollars and i kind of like got going again a little bit and kept to it and then started doing a couple of shows and then uh, but that was also about the same time and like it was like you know too and I hit up Mark Burnett, and he runs a Freestyle MX tour. And then I was talking to uh, the people to do the Warp tour, or I was going to go try to be a Navy SEAL, or I was going to go to underwater welding school. Like, I was like, I'm doing something. Like, I was, like, overworking construction and doing all that crap, you know? Yeah. I was like, I got to go and do something. And, uh, yeah, Burnett, Mark Burnett gave me a chance in 02, and he's and uh, Jesse Olson. I don't know if you remember him from Freestyle yes, back in the days, but. He came over from Sacramento because my little Ford Ranger wanted to make it to Southern California, and he was on the on the Burnett tour also for the summer. So he came and picked me up from from over in Sac and came over in Carson, picked me up. We drove down, and I only had like two hundred bucks to my name, and my dad gave me a couple hundred more, and I grabbed my bags, my clothes bag, and my gear bag, and my dirt bike, and went on the and went on the road for uh, for three months over the summer. Just went all back east and rode all summer. Just on the motorhome and just roughed it all summer and there ended up being like the next game's qualifier in reno in october of 02 and there was like shit like 50 50 riders trying to qualify uh during the day qualifiers and out of everyone deegan and twitch and all the guys and going good i qualified 11th so you had to get top 20 to make the night show so i made the night show and then uh if you got top 10 in the freestyle uh, or yeah, if you got top ten in the freestyle in the in the qualifier, then you got to uh, do the um, step up in big air. Well, I got eleventh again in the night in the night contest. So yeah, I get to my van and I like get I'm like halfway on geared and I'm like I just got uh, I was like halfway done with a beer, you know, because I thought I was done. And then yeah. Jane Dolan, she worked for uh, MXA or, or not MXA. Uh, yeah, whatever the, I don't remember, LXD, I think it was, or something, the contest at the time, and uh, she's like, hey, Deegan backed out a step-up, can you ride it? And I'm like, I just drank a beer, she's like, can you ride it? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I got it. So, uh, yeah, and I go out there and win that thing, and win the step-up contest, and then, so then that got me into X Games, if you want to qualify, you're automatically in X Games, and then that's when, uh, in 2003, that's when I won my first gold and stopped Tommy Clowers, and so uh, kind of a cool deal, like just totally won it, you know, like just just got lucky, capitalized on my opportunities, you know. So big thanks to Mark Burnett and everybody that gave me a chance.
No kidding. Uh, what was it like uh, first time taking down the uh, the step up competition like with a guy like Clowers at the very beginning? Like he was the godfather of that particular event. Like he's untouchable at it, and uh, you, you stole the crown. And uh, for the for a little while there, you, you weren't uh, weren't going to relinquish that thing. Yeah, I don't. I was like, I was just like, this this just happened. I was like, holy shit, because. Like Mike Mason and I, we were messing around in a sand pit up in Reno, or up in Carson, and uh, just acting like we were, we were hitting like a cliff jump, like on a dirt, big old dirt pile, like in a, a gravel pit, yeah. and just messing around, like pulling the bike up, like how Clowers does for step up. Like we just played, like messed around with it, and ended up doing it all summer on Burnett's tour. So I got got kind of tuned in on my skills there, and was winning those all summer long. And, uh, but yeah, then to take down the cat, I was like, no way, like, because I looked up to him as like as a racer, and then he went freestyle. So I mean, I was like, I looked up to the guy, you know, he's one of my heroes. So it was like pretty like unreal for sure, you know. And uh, yeah, I've been very fortunate to have a pretty long career because I mean, there's a lot of guys, you know, that have, a lot of talented riders have came in and they're not still going. So I'm pretty uh pretty proud in general just to say that I'm still going strong. What do you attribute that to? Um, like, obviously, there are a, a laundry list of names of guys who have come and gone uh, for for a, a number of different reasons, whether it's uh, injuries, other interests, or otherwise. Uh, what do you attribute your longevity to? Because you're one of the guys that's been able to uh, do this at a high level for a long period of time, and uh, you as well as anyone would know that the the rigors of a uh, of a professional. Um, t- career as a, as a freestyler is uh, not only taxing on your, on your body, but, uh, like, uh, in the events, but, uh, anytime that you're going to be hanging out with Mike Mason, uh, on your liver as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's rough to be a freestyle for sure. It ain't an easy task, you know, it's de- definitely stressful, like flipping and you got to flip a new setup or, you know, jump into this kind of a sketchy deal for sure. So, I mean, it's definitely can have a stressful moments for, sh- you know, I mean, you're hitting metal ramp to metal ramp on concrete and with a 200, you know, 30 pound dirt bike. So, you know, I mean, that's, that's, it's pretty gnarly for sure, but you just got to turn on your, turn off your mind and trust it. But no, I don't know what I attribute it to, you know, I just think, uh, heart driving passion, you know, and I just, you know, I, like, I think I'm like just addicted to how fun it is and like what it's brought me through my life and like how hard it's like taken me to get here, you know? So it's just, to me, it's just one big celebration. You know, I just enjoy every show and just, have fun with the guys because you know i mean you never know what it can be you know i was there when jim mcneil died i was one of the last people to hold him as he died and watched him crash you know so you never know when it can be your time you know and then you you have that happen you watch that happen then to get back out and keep riding you know so it's definitely a freaking tough sport you know i mean people pass away racing and stuff you know or whatever trail or you know doing desert races and whatnot you know i mean a bike motorcycle's dangerous no matter what but I just think my heart, my passion, you know, and my dad, if you met my dad, I mean, he's just the most humblest, like baddest ass dude. So maybe that's kind of, kind of where it's kind of keep me, try to keep my mind as low as possible and just have fun and just enjoy my time riding. Hey everybody, this is Jimmy Button, former factory supercross rider. You're listening to the Big MX radio show. We're going to take it to a commercial and we'll be right back. If there's one item to be picky about, it's choosing the right helmet. I'm Andrew Short, and I choose the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. You too can wear the exact same helmet I wear, Trey Kennard wears, Jimmy Albertson wears, and many others. The F2 Carbon is a helmet loaded with details that make a huge difference in comfort and safety. 
Lightweight materials, phenomenal airflow, and a super comfortable sweat-absorbing liner and generous eye port design to accommodate any goggle choice are just a few. And did I mention how super trick these helmets look? Straight off the shelf and onto the racetrack. If you are looking for one amazing helmet, look no further than the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. For more information about Fly Helmets and other products from Fly Racing, visit them on the web at flyracing.com. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with Oats and Bran. Oats and Bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey kids, start out every morning with a fat bowl. When it comes to helmets, there is just one. The helmet brand that is. Just One Helmets is tailor-made for motocross and street bike riding, and now available in North America. Who chooses Just One? Well, for starters, Tim Geiser, winner of the Italian round in MX2, David Philipparts, Vicky Golden, Trevor Reese, as well as David Pulley. And you know what? So do I. I choose Just One Helmets because they are simply the safest, lightest, and most comfortable lid available. Want to know more about Just One Helmets? Check them out on the web at www.justonehelmets.com. Find out about the J12, the J32, and all of the colorways that are absolutely blow your socks off. So guys, please head over to www.justonehelmets.com today. Go check them out. You won't be disappointed. The 2014 X-Brand Goggles is back and better than ever. From the Scatter-X, Volcano and Phantom Goggle, X-Brand has the product to make you stand out on race day. The quality of X-Brand products is second to none. Great lenses, incredible frame, and a strap that doesn't wear out. Great tear-offs, zip-off systems, nose guard, and more. Check out eksbrand.com for all of the accessories and pricing. WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's D-U-B-Y-A-U-S-A.com right now and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, even pick your nipples and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website, you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, Talon and Kite aluminum hubs, Galfer and Brembo brakes, and spokes that take a lickin' and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys who are building wheels for Ryan Dungey, Jeremy Martin, 
Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. And I kid you not, if they are not told whose wheels are whose, they just build amazing product. And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did and head to WBYAUSA.com today. WUSA, all things wheels. What's up, guys? It's time to talk a little bit about Roy Borden Race. He's the performance specialist. Suspension, making a motor work, balancing a bike, or just maintenance. He's got the tools and know-how to make sure that your bike is ready on race day or practice. Roy Borden has strength in years of experience and the best technology and best tools at his disposal. Whether you're getting your forks redone, seals, or a full, full-blown full rebuild on your forks or, or shock. Call up Roy Borton today at 204-633-2722. Hey guys, Bill's Pipes is back, and that means the return of legendary performance. Two strokes, check. Four strokes, check. Since 1974, they've been tuning power at its finest for motocross racers, off-road racers, you name it. For you two-stroke lovers, the MX2 Bill's Pipe exhaust system is flat out the right choice to pick. Nickel, works, and the brand new cone look is the right system for the job. When it comes to four-strokes, Bill's Pipes brings the RE13 to decimate the field anywhere, anytime. So if you want the same pipe used by Billy Leninovich, Sean Collier, Vicky Golden, and the entire Barn Pros Home Depot Yamaha team, head over to Bill'sPipes.com today and never settle. Hey, this is Alex Ray. I don't know if, why you're listening to Brad's podcast, but I'll be back on soon. Uh, like, you mentioned Jim McNeil. Uh, what was that like for you to, like, I guess you've probably answered this question a hundred times, getting back on the bike and doing your thing. Um, do, is it a thing where you, you kind of take a moment, think about it, put it behind you, or uh, is something that uh, pops back into your mind uh, on, on occasion? Uh, yeah, I mean, I flew home and went and rode my motorcycle the next day, like out at Miller's house. I just needed to clear the air, just went out there, and my girlfriend at the time was watching me, and I just had to run through all my tricks, man. I was like, I was like, it sucked, man. I couldn't even fly home. I was just bawling. It was just like, I couldn't believe that it was like happening. I was just like, I felt like I was so delirious. It was crazy, but yeah, you gotta, you gotta, uh, you gotta be tough. You know, you're tough mentally. You know, I know I remember in Spokane, Washington, I watched Kenny Bartram and Adam Jones both miss like on a no handed can. And I want to say Adam Jones, like had a bunch of blood, like on the, on the course at the bottom of the landing and I was next to go out at IFMA and I went over there and just kicked dirt over the blood and went road. <laughs> That's insane. So, I, I can only imagine uh, yeah. the amount of, like, you've got unlimited stories as well as, uh, like as far as like, like just, uh, having, having to basically just put that stuff out of your mind, including some, uh, some sketchy setups over the day, over the years of certain, uh, especially early days of, um, of freestyle shows and demos and stuff like that. Uh, like, what are some of your best? What are some of, like, the, I got paid to fly to this place and basically went to, like, to ride a bike that wasn't worthy and riding ramps that uh, uh, that were, were beyond not safe? I think my sketchiest one was uh, in Chile. They brought me three, it took me three bikes to get one bike to work. And, like, so, 
I get the one bike. I so I take that bike apart. I put all my parts on it, and uh, and then um, you know to start it, and like a foot, like a foot and a half flame came out of the the silencer, and then I like looked down and the cylinder cracked, and I was like, holy shit! So they get me another bike. So then I kind of, you know, I got to take my parts back off that bike, rebuild that bike, take the second bike apart, put my parts back on it, you know, and then I don't remember that thing. It was just like a hunk of shit. It wouldn't run either. So I did it again. They got, I told them, I'm dude, I'm over this. Like I've been working on bikes for like a day almost, you know, yeah. and like, said, I'm dude, I'm over. You guys keep the money, you know, just whatever. Just, I'll just fly home and chill, you know, and then plus it was like a sketchy takeoff ramp, you know, it was a piece of junk over a stage onto a scaffolding wood landing. And at the bottom of the landing, you went into the tunnel. Like there was no, like, there's just concrete walls at the bottom of the landing. And you had to stop be, you had to stop like on the sliding concrete, like before the, you know, all the doors that they have, like up probably like 50 feet after the bottom of the landing. Yeah. So like, not only like if you over jumped and hit the top of the tunnel, like, but you had to like get into it. And then like, it's just a setup with sketch. And then, so then I tell them like, dude, I'm over this. You guys should keep the money. I'll need a ride. So then they get me a third bike and this dude desert raced this thing. And I'm like, holy cow, this thing's a piece of shit. So I kind of like just scrambled everything, put it all together. And, um, and I, what did I, I just came, oh, I came back from my, I broke my left elbow and wrist and I was out for six months and I was like so desperate for money. So I rode a couple of times before I left and just won it and went down there for my first show back down in Chile. And yeah, that was a terrible situation, but we pulled it off. No doubt. So, uh, that, that's just over the top, man. Um, and you were, you were part of the, the nuclear Cowboys uh, tour for, for a while there, one of the featured members. Um, how does, how does a, uh, a modern day freestyle rider, uh, keep himself busy, keep those checks flowing and how has it changed from, from years previous? Like in, uh, obviously, uh, with more and more guys riding more and more guys, uh, getting the ability to hit these ramps and stuff like that. How much has the, uh, the market been saturated with, uh, with guys that are willing to do what you do for less than you're willing to do it yeah it's a tough thing you know it's in any business you know i mean there's always going to be that that guy that's hungry the new kid coming in and the older guys getting pushed out you know and i mean that that's cool for the, the sport to get like to grow you know it's good to see that it's still, like people that we inspired younger kids to want to come do it you know i was inspired from the, the ogs before me so i mean it's cool like that way but also it's kind of like hard that you know like we definitely need to get paid more for what we're doing, you know, and I can't hate too much. You know, I did my first few shows for 500 bucks, you know, for the weekend, you know, for jumping on Friday night and Saturday night at a monster truck show in Oregon, you know? So, I mean, it's like hard for me to hate, you know, cause that'd be kind of being a hypocrite, but then you also do hear some kids out there like so hungry that they're riding shows for free. So, I mean, that kind of makes me like, eh, you know? So, I mean, it's, there's kind of like a, uh, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, you could have an endless conversation about it, but I mean, yeah. I don't think it's ever really going to get like bigger, you know, unless like, you know, we have like an NFL, like, like NFL has like NFL players union and, you know, that's why everyone has a union, you know, that they try to do it in extreme sports, you know, to do skateboarding, BMX and stuff, but it's just so hard to get everybody on the same page. It's like, I don't know. I mean, there's always that promoter that's going to go for the cheaper guys. There's always the riders that are, that are hungry that want to be where we're at to do it. So, 
I don't know. It's like a hard thing. So I kind of just don't worry about it and just kind of enjoy my shows. And then the new kids coming in, I just give them the best advice that I can and try to just pass my knowledge. You know, it's all I can do really. And anything I can to teach them, you know, I've, I know I've got like, you know, I've helped kind of groomed a couple new kids, you know, like Carter and uh, Anthony Murray. And, you know, it's cool to see them guys doing like so good now, you know, those guys have lived with me and asked a bunch of advice. And so it's kind of cool to pass on my knowledge and, just kind of help, just try to help it grow the best I can, you know, it's, until there's like a players union to kind of set the pay scale or something, but that's, uh, you know, maybe in the time that'll come, you know, so I just kind of kick back, look at it, enjoy my, look at it as if like, that the, like, you know, back in the days when those dudes were playing football with leather helmets and didn't have much, you know, so I kind of just feel like that's where our sport is, you know, we're so new still, I mean, it's been around since like, what, 97 or so? Yeah, if so, that. I mean, still... Yeah, so, I mean, it's still, like, so new. So, I mean, maybe one day for extreme sports, someone will get, like, the money behind it and somehow get everybody on the same page. But, you know, it's so hard, I mean, to do, get all the extreme sports and so, so on the same page. So, I mean, and to have the promoter to call the, you know, the writers union to, to you know, hire writers and get everybody on the same pay scale, you know, it's definitely going to be a huge mission. I mean, I'm happy to see that there's all these young kids coming out and doing it. That's for sure. That's awesome. And, you know, I wish everybody a safe and a long ride. No doubt. It's one of those things where uh, if you refuse to ride uh, a specific, uh, say something's not up to snuff or or you you feel like uh, you're not going to ride for a certain amount of money, there's kids out there that, like you said, will literally do it for free or for very little. And that same thing goes for Supercross. They would say a rider's union for Supercross. But the thing is, is that if if the the promoter's thing is like, all right, well, if those those 40 guys don't want to race, I guarantee there's 80 other guys that are willing to sign up and, and, uh, and smash their brains out. Uh, for for what we're offering, so thanks, but no, like, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, so it, it, it's, it's a tough deal. Um, so uh, I noticed the uh, the all too familiar uh, militia logo and skull on uh, mo- most of the stuff that you have, but uh, um, most people that run that logo. Uh, like um at a uh, local level um don't like they don't run with that crew or anything like that but to do so you usually have to have some sort of initiation uh and i'm not sure if you can share all details but uh how how did you get uh into the brothership that is the metal militia yeah i'm just uh good buddies with like uh with all of them you know and just uh was talking to like fitz and uh todd potter like one day at like nuclear cowboys and you know it took a took like, took like two years for it to actually like evolve but because i was a little iffy on it too but then i just kind of decided you know it's like hey they want to like offer me money and uh i hang out them anyways and it's been talks for two years and it's still like sounds like a good thing to do so um yeah you know i kind of just thought it would be a, a benefit for me you know i'm kind of known as maybe a wild bad boy i don't know what you think of me but <laughs> from what i hear but uh so I don't know. I just think thought that it was like kind of like fitting for me, and uh, you know they they do um, they do good marketing, and you know who doesn't like free clothes, and they make quality stuff, and um, I think it's cool. Like I like we go out and do photo shoots, and they always have cool themes, and like we just get to kind of like thrash some stuff and be be wild. So kind of like the OG freestyle like of that is like fun to do. So it's all around. I think it's all around good things. So I mean that's kind of how I did it. Um, and, and then, yeah, like I said, I'm just buddies with them all, and it kind of worked out. 
No doubt you guys are still uh, uh, punk rock, if you will, and uh, taking care of business and uh, a cool crew to uh, to be with. And uh, like re- regardless of what you think of, uh, of of the militia or any of the members of it, uh, down down to the very core, uh, a bunch of uh, good people in the in uh, in their heart, and uh, those guys go to bat for you just like uh, just like any good people will. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's what's kind of cool. Is it's like you know we definitely have each other's back for sure. You know, and that's. Nothing's wrong with brotherhood. Nothing, absolutely. So, uh, what does um, what what other than this this two stroke race and obviously uh, the busy schedule that you have planned for this weekend? What does the rest of 2016 hold for you as you uh, ass- try to assault all things two wheels uh, with uh, the bills the bills pipe making the noise? Yeah, you know I got I'm already I'm insanely busy. I'm actually uh, buying a house right now in uh, like Fort Worth, Texas area on the south end in Burleson. So <laughs> I got a house going and then, yeah, I got shows. I just rode, yeah, like I said, I rode that show Wednesday um, for Adobe, then last Thursday for Fitz at, a, at the local local Irish bar. Then the weekend before that, we rode uh, out the 29 Palms military base for the Marines and their families so they could all come out and watch us and um, so that was a cool deal. So yeah, I'm I'm already going. So and then, uh, yeah. So what, what do I got here? I gotta go. Um, I'm doing this, and then I'm gonna go to San Francisco Supercross, and then I'm going on a vacation with my girlfriend down in Cabo. Coming back, and then driving out to Atlanta, leaving a van and a bike out there with a friend I grew up with, and uh, she went to Georgia Tech. So I'm gonna leave a van and a bike out there. Fly back to 12 do a show at the Long Beach Grand Prix, then fly back, that's on the 14th, then fly back on the 15th and do a show the 16th and 17th at Atlanta Motor Speedway, drive up to Foxborough. Well, stop in Jersey. I bought a Z58 on Craigslist. I saw that. So I got to stop by Berlue's, pick up my Z50, go to Foxborough where the Patriots play and jump at that Supercross and then drive my van back to Dallas and then fly to Japan and do jumping at a Monster Jam over there. And then come back and grab my ramps and go do a rodeo up in uh, Redding, California. So, and then kind of get ready. And I guess it's time for X Games one more time. I, I thought last year was going to be my last one, but everyone's telling me to go again. So, and uh, kind of seems like it. And um, I'm hoping to get an invite at that. If so, go give Step Up another hoorah and see where we're at. And got a bunch of shows after that. I'm busy till the middle of October, that's for sure. There you go, and then uh, so if you do get the invite, hopefully they'll uh, they'll they'll let you uh, represent at speed and style, and maybe uh, you and uh, you and Mason can butt heads again. Yeah, they're not having speed and style. No, not anymore. No, but they brought back uh, freestyle and um, big air. Okay, so, so okay, so like big air, obviously that's that's best trick, um, and um, like. Over the years, that's evolved as well. Like a guy's like just sending it bigger and bigger all the time. Um, what's your approach to an event like that? Uh, as far as uh, dialing something in, is it something that you you that you uh, focus on and work towards only um, for 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 an extended period of time, or is it that you come to the uh, the event with your best trick in mind, something that you can still throw it in a run um, and, and approach it that way? Yeah, it depends on whether you're not. If you're ready to break yourself off, if you like, if you have to do like freestyle and do that the next day, then you know you're going to do more of a conservative trick so you can make it through it. But it's like a fine line because you want to win, so it can make it pretty difficult for sure. But uh, if you're only in big air and 
and you get invited and you're there, you got to huck something and fuck, you get hurt, you get hurt. The name of the game, like, I don't remember that one guy that jumped twice uh, by sending in a YouTube video. Like, he just jumped straight twice and didn't do anything. Uh, yeah, I definitely told the Paul Tadley, the promoter, I was like, this is stupid. Like, that's a slap in the face to guys like me that are here that, like, could I could have went out there and at least did a hill click or backflip, you know, and at the time that would have been okay, you know, and then, uh, like, I was like, some some guy just sends in a YouTube video and gets in X Games and then doesn't do, does two straight jumps. At least if you're there, huck it and break yourself off, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, like, I, uh, what, what was the video of that, that you got in, though, in the with? Huh? What did he do to get into the to begin with? Like, what was the... He sent, sent a YouTube video in. Of, of I don't know what his trick was, but I think it might have been a front flip and he chickened out or something. Oh, fair enough. Well, but, uh... I mean, whatever. Yeah, I at least a one-hander would have been, uh... <laughs> like, yeah. I could have done a nothing. I mean, I'm not saying chicken out. It's gnarly. I mean, freestyle is, not gnarly, is gnarly. So, I mean, I do give it up to anybody that even just goes off a ramp. Like, even that's pretty gnarly, so... You know, just the limelight and everything got to him, you know what I mean? But that's why you have us professionals there, you know? Like, not saying he's not a professional, but also he didn't perform, you know, like he said he would. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of, there's kind of, you know, that's where a players union would come in. Yeah. You know? Um, no, I, I It's couldn't. all good. I mean, whatever. At least no one got hurt, I guess. <laughs> that's the bottom line. Um, but uh, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, what, are, what are some of the, like, you see you guys uh, doing all the amazing tricks. You have all like, you feel like you, it seems like you guys have all the time in the world in the air, but uh, in reality, a lot of the, like it's uh, usually like 75 feet from ramp to ramp or ramp to dirt. Uh, what's like the ideal setup for you to, uh, to nail your tricks. And uh, is there like a, an ideal amount of hang time or an, uh, about a air time for you guys to, uh, to be uh, most proficient? Yeah, just anywhere from 72 to 75 feet is, like, pretty good. I mean, we've jumped smaller setups in smaller arenas. Um, but, yeah, 75 feet like that average is, like, what you want to do, you know? What's the uh, – the first of all, tell me the story of the first time that you went inverted and then ended up back on your wheels. And uh, also, uh, what, what's the, the furthest that you've pushed it out to as far as a backflip? Because, uh, like, I, from from the freestyle skiing background, I know the bigger the backflip, the funner it is just to lay it out there and uh, have it slowly come around. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, my first flip was 45 feet. And, uh, yeah, I just said, fuck it. Like, I went and just kind of hit the ramps and just kind of flowed, hit some berm shots, and I'm like, well, I get fucking hurt, it is what it is, and I was like, all right, well, I did my, I, I'm I'm one that needs the uh, one, two, go on three trick, the old one, two, three, yep. so I jumped the ramp twice and fucking leaned back and landed it perfect, and I was like, it was so weird, because I was like, looking around, and I'm like, I'm not dead, <laughs> yes, this is awesome, so <laughs> yeah, I went and did a few more, and then, uh, yeah, the longest I've ever flipped is a uh, 120 foot ramp. Wow. Uh, that's that's pretty hairball like you gotta go off the ramp and then just kind of just put your almost just kind of push the bars away and just kind of chill neutral and just wait for a second upside down and then you kind of like lift your head and pull it in and drop it in yeah that's that's exactly it i i remember uh we had an air site at uh in um i think it was silver star bc and there was about uh it was about 80 feet to the knuckle of this uh this uh the, the air site tabletop and to do a backflip off, off of it you literally just leaned back left your feet behind you and then as soon as you saw your landing you just like pulled your legs towards where you wanted it to go and down it went 
Yeah. So, uh, so like, what, what are some of the uh, like backflips gone wrong that you've seen over the years? Obviously, you've seen uh, some some crashes, but guys who completely got wrong on their first tries. Yeah, I mean, Nate Adams had that gnarly one when he tried forty five when there wasn't foam pits and just tucked that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've had a few good ones myself, like at the Louisville Louisville uh, Dew Tour and stuff. I wanted a good one there and. Yeah, I mean, I've probably had like five or six, five or so under rotates, and then a few over rotates where it just rips the bars out of you. So it's definitely freaking scary for sure. And then it makes it scary to have to go back and flip again, you know, because then you feel like you lost it and you don't know how to do it again. And so it can get definitely uh, mind wrenching for sure. But yeah, um, man, I mean, just what I mean, I've, you've seen it like people mess up on 360s and yeah. over rotate or under rotate flips, and you know, you just got to. Try and tuck in and hope hope you get out of it, you know. No doubt, man. So um, before before I let you go, um, obviously uh, this is something you want to do for for a number of years, and you, you've uh, established a great career doing it. And you mentioned that last year was going to be your last X game. Now this year is going to be your last X game as long as you get a, an in- invite for it. Um, how long do you like? Uh, to what age, or is there a number of years that you've had set on? Uh, on uh, for how long you, you foresee yourself being able to, to continue doing shows and continue to, uh, um, to to do this at a high level? Well, um, actually, I'm trying to have, uh, actually kind of walk away from it. Uh, I'll be testing uh, monster trucks this summer for Monster Jam. I got four test sessions and uh, just working on uh, working on trying to get a, a, a cage around me. You know, the saying is, with age comes a cage, so... You know, obviously, if I got to go ride a show, then I then I will. You know, but um, I'm actually trying to uh, hopefully kind of kind of like halfway retire at the end of the year. You know, and then if I got to do a few shows next summer, it just depends on how the monster truck thing goes for me, really. Yeah. You know? But uh, I'm definitely uh, got some other things trying to get out to Texas and buy a cheaper house and get some money invested, and then uh, uh, you know I want to you know I want to start maybe a rain gutter business out there and just kind of start doing stuff. You know, because you know, I mean, it's kind of, I'm just at the point, you know, like, I can go out there and go do all my stuff, you know, and I have fun doing it, but it's like, when's when, you know, this is where I'm at, you know, I'm 36, and I've had a good run, for sure, you know, so I have no shame in my game to walk away proud, and, you know, it's okay, you know, the time's going to come, you know, every everybody, every athlete has their time when it comes, so I'm perfectly cool with it, you know, I had, I had, I made it way far than I thought, so I'm, I'm perfectly content, so, yeah, I don't, I don't really, I mean, I, at the end of the year, it would be nice to fully walk away, but I don't think the uh, putting the putting a roof over my head and <laughs> food on the table is going to allow that. So I got to maybe go out and do that. I'll do it a little bit more the next couple of years. I think I'll hit some shows and then just kind of – I'm just going to see where I'm at, you know, take it year by year. Fair but enough. definitely uh, I think I'm going to call it this year at X Games, you know. I, I'm just uh, – I'm good on it. You know, I did my thing there. And those guys – new guys are coming in and give more people a chance. Uh you know, it's cool, you know. It's it's all good. I've been doing that every year since oh three. I missed oh eight. So, you know, I got like twelve medals and four gold, so I'm I think I'm sitting all right. <laughs> no kidding. Uh way more accomplished than uh than many uh in the sport and uh certainly a, a career to be proud of. Uh it's almost getting to the point where uh if you continued for too many more years, you might be competing against guys who uh were born after your first X games. It's getting close for sure. <laughs> I just yeah, I just, who am I just talking to? And oh man, 
man, I don't know what I was doing. Last week or something, there was someone that there was like, like, how old are you? Like, shit, man, I just graduated high school in 98. <laughs> That's when he was born. I was like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you get a, a kid like yeah, uh, cool. Ryder DeFrancesco who's got a, a six-year deal with uh, with with Kawasaki, and uh, just turned nine, by the way. <laughs> That's so awesome! <laughs> yeah, that little kid rips. I've seen him out at Paula and stuff a couple times. Yeah. Well, awesome, Matt. Uh, I really appreciate you giving me some time to uh, kind of pick your brain a little bit and give people the uh, perspective of, uh, of a freestyle guy who uh, has been uh, grown through the sport of freestyle and uh, definitely has uh, unlimited stories. Uh, need to have you on again because I think we only just scratched the surface of this, but uh, I'll let you uh, enjoy the rest of your evening and uh, get a good night's rest before uh, tomorrow the gate drops for a pretty eventful day for you. But uh, I really appreciate you giving some time and uh Give some love to those sponsors for us. Yeah, well, uh, just, uh, yeah, thank you for having me on the Big MX Radio. And, uh, yeah, you know, just uh, O'Neill helps me out and um, HJC and Metal Militia. And, um, man, there's a whole laundry list. <laughs> MV1 with suspension, Dunlop, Maxima, um, Uni, and uh, so there's there's a whole bunch of them. So I'm just thankful for everybody that stands behind me. It builds pipes is huge for me. Uh so yeah, you know it's it's good, and then my mechanic Andrew Bowers always uh, helps me keeping me going because I'm a busy man. So he keep, helps keep up all my stuff for me, so I can uh, get in, grab a bike, and go on the back out. You know, so uh, yeah, I'm very thankful for everything, and just got to keep it going, and hopefully uh, try not to um, get too much arm pump tomorrow. Right on, man. Well, I wish you the best of luck. Don't hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, we'll cut it off right there. All right, man. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Big MX Podcast, brought to you by X-Brand Goggles. Be sure to check out our archive for episodes you may have missed. Check out our website at BigMXRadio.com for more content.